Hello, listeners. Um, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware of, we're living now in a time of uh, political, social, and economic inequality. Uh, a time where good men and women are shut out of the political process, and when voices who are not among the elites try to make their voices heard or to enter this political process, they are slandered, shut down, and let's be honest, rat-fucked by the powers that be. And I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, we're going to spend this episode talking to uh, someone who has been on the receiving end of that. We're talking about someone who is a rock musician, an entrepreneur, a film critic, and most recently, a candidate for district attorney of San Bernardino County. I'm speaking, of course, about Tim Heidecker. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, any, any media availability uh, presented to me, I'm happy to take it. You are the, you know, I guess star and subject of a new documentary called Mr. America that uh-huh. recounts, you know, your, your quest, you know, your outsider political campaign to reach the office of district attorney of San Bernardino County. Could you talk to us a little bit about the journey that brought you to this political process? How did you get radicalized? Well, you know, I, um, I've always had a um, clear understanding of the future of the country, you know, where need, things need to go, and a distilled vision of that. And, you know, I you know, was sort of on the outside commenting. Um, I had a really strong, powerful, uh, well-received voice of reason out there with my 60-second soapbox program. That was part of a, a smaller show I do called On Cinema. It was really became sort of the 60-second soapbox platform. Um, almost like a great, the great Glenn Beck or somebody like that who just really had the capacity. A to, face in the crowd. A face you know, in the crowd. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just a, I'm just a guy who sees the world in black and white, <laughs> you know, in the best possible way. Very simple. You know, things could be so simple if we just did A, B, and C. Um, but I was, you know, I was, I'm also an entrepreneur and I had a music festival that, uh, had an incident, sort of a small accident, yeah. uh, that had nothing to do with me, but, um, I was brought in by the San Bernardino, uh, uh, you know, district attorney, this guy Rosetti, who, uh, wanted to place all the blame on me, even though it was the fault of, you know, the first responders, which I hate to do because I love first responders more than anybody. They're my, probably my favorite responders. Um, you know, because they're first. But, um, and without them, we'd be in real trouble. But these ones, unfortunately, were just some of the worst. And they caused a lot of people to, unfortunately, go, pa- you know, pass, to go, to, pa- to pass away. Young kids, too, which is terrible. You're, you're referring to, to uh, the, the Electric Sun Music Festival, yeah. in which, you know, unfortunately, right. like you said, you know, 19 uh, mostly teenagers did die right. of, um, of, of you know. lack of a medical attention <laughs> from the first responders. And, but then you had a, a municipality mm-hmm. seeking a scapegoat, and they, they chose you. Yeah, they, they needed uh, a fall guy, and I got, I got brought in, and I had a terrible defense. This guy, Mark Dwyer, who's one of the worst attorneys now we find out at the beginning we we believed he was up for the task but he turned out to be a total disappointment so i ended up taking over i I ran my own defense and i was found to be completely innocent of all charges so but you know and i could have walked away i could have said thank you you know go back to my music career go back to uh all my entrepreneurial pursuits but I was so offended uh, by this Rosetti and what he had done to me and and my friends and family. Um, I'm, you know, of course, people like Axiom and Manuel who have stood by me, and now their reputations in the gutter because of this situation. 
So it was it was it was obvious to me that Rossetti had to go because this was the most corrupt district attorney that we've ever seen in America in America's history. So now, so I launched a campaign because you know, I, you know, firstly, obviously, uh, for vengeance to seek retribution and vengeance as you the as most you noble do. goal. Yeah, and and that fire grew, and then I realized, well, actually, I am fighting corruption. Finally, somebody is out there actually fighting corruption for real. And uh, we launched the campaign, and we were, you know, in a way unsuccessful in the sense that we didn't win. Well, they, I mean, they tried to keep you off the ballot, and they, they did indeed they did keep everything. you off the ballot. They did everything yeah. under the sun. And like the, the movie shows some of the, the, you know, the some of the, di- the dirty <laughs> the dirty tricks that they that they did to you yeah. guys to keep you off the ballot, like mm-hmm. things like you know uh, submitting the ballot or well, getting you know, the names for the my my uh, campaign manager Tony Newman put an ad in the paper for the uh, town hall debate. Right, this is a great example, and she put it in. She tells me she put it in a week in advance and paid. Uh, with her debit card to get the placement, you know, just just uh, just where we wanted it. And magically, somehow, it doesn't show up in the paper, right, the day before. And, you know, she says it wasn't her fault. We don't know. We, she doesn't have the receipt uh, because she doesn't keep receipts for that kind of, for, for debit transactions because usually that shows up on your bank statement, which is not there as, as well. But Rossetti has access to all her, you know, any bank accounts she wants. So he could have gone in there and, and swiped it from the records. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, that, that's, these people are, are operating on a very high level. They're getting funded from the China Chinese. You know, we talked about the China connection in the trial, which was we see they're responsible for planting some of these drugs on people. And I think if they, they saw the chance of me becoming uh, elected as a very real threat to their government, really. I mean, could have, I could have taken on the Chinese government if I was in power in San Bernardino, we believe. It's a very timely uh, political film. Recall some mind, you know, D.A. Pennebaker's The War Room mm-hmm. and other, other classic documentaries like Street Fight about the Newark mayoral election. But it, it's timely very much so in this sense as well. You know, we're, we're talking to you in, in, in New York State right now, which has just banned many popular forms of vaping, many of the flavored forms of, mm-hmm. of jewels and other vape products. And they've banned it based on largely a hysterical moral panic and outrage over things like the electric sun incident mm-hmm. and you know the you know, unfortunately 19 people did die right. of vaping of accidental well yeah, accident well yeah, accidental they, they, medical saying, like, mis- blame, mis- malpractice they blame those deaths on vaping right. and they blame that on you so like right. you you were really kind of a an early figure of, of someone who's been persecuted for vaping as we well, all now are it's a first amendment issue and in a lot of ways a second amendment issue as well but you know we're looking at maybe other even other amendments as well. But you know vaping is a is a form of free speech. It's medicine. It's medicine, and uh, I have uh, you know that's my God given right as an American to in, inject anything into my lungs, uh, it, or I don't know if inject is the right word, but um, vape anything into my lungs <laughs> through the use of heat and oil. Through electricity. I mean, it's essentially what we're talking about here. <laughs> they're ta- they're the taking fundamental. away the flavors. They're taking away the uh, the, the THC, mm-hmm. the CBB, the nicotine, mm-hmm. the, the medicine and the flavors right. that, that the kids need. Absolutely. And we created a very, very powerful but effective blend. <laughs> and the technology speaks for itself. And it's a terrific system. I stand by it to this day. It was mis- 
dosed, perhaps <laughs> in some cases. Miss, uh, but well, at some know. point, there's a personal responsibility that people have to take. Exactly, for These their own were, Most of them were adults. Yeah, and we did have some people under the age of 18, but they, you know, that becomes a responsibility of the parent. Absolutely. So the good news is I have no. Uh, I'm that's this is all behind me. There will be no civil charges or anything. So you know, we're looking at actually repeating um you know get getting them getting the stuff back on the market in some more official way we'll see with a you know, tinkering with the blend um another thing that impressed me uh, about your campaign you know you're running for district attorney that's like you know top cop and you know you were one of the first people to run for DA to make a pledge to reduce crime by 100% yeah and you know you you're you're, you're a third party candidate you've got the democrat on one side saying like we want more crime and you got the Republican on the other saying, no, we want less crime. Yeah. But the voters see that, and the crime pretty much stays the same. Exactly. You know? it's, a, it's, it's a seesaw situation where they, it, they – obviously, there's a lot of uh, benefit to having crime. <laughs> it keeps people – keeps the cops employed. And a lot of people stopped me and said, you can't bring comp, uh, crime down to 100%. I mean, you can't bring it down to 0%. Get rid of it at 100%. Uh, because we're gonna, basically, we're going to have to let go of all the, the police force – uh, and all and the jails, we have to close all the jails. I said, well, you might want to keep them there as a preventative measure. So, you know, as an example of this, if we go back, but we want to live in peace and harmony, and that requires there to be zero crime. And the way we do that is by basically saying, if you commit any crime, I don't care what it is, you know, vaping or something like, you know, if it's illegal to vape, if that's if that's the case, if it becomes illegal to vape, which I don't think it should, but if it does, you go to jail for the rest of your life. There's zero tolerance. Boom. Done. But just as important, no, no second chance. But just as importantly, though, if you're falsely accused of a crime like you were, mm-hmm. you, you will not go to jail for the rest of your life. Not necessarily, no. <laughs> it's important to keep... I mean, there's going to be... Obviously, it's not going to be a perfect system. Um, and mistakes will, will be made I mean, as, they, as they do in life. Maybe and, it's but, not... But we'll accept that. I think society will learn to accept that, that, you know, hey, we do our best. Uh, well, you know, speaking of society... Uh, <laughs> These days, you know, people have to walk on eggshells about, you know, the things as they, they say. Should. I mean, as they should. Yeah, but, you know, when it comes to crime, you know, one of the right. things the movie deals with, it's like a big issue with the crime, at least in mm. San Bernardino, is just there's certain people who do the crimes. Sure. And you got you to get them out. Well, that's right. And that starts with, you know, a very strong uh, immigration policy <laughs> that if you're not, well, for San Bernardino, for example, if you can't, I think if you can't sort of trace your family back to the 50s, sort of the golden era of, of life in America, sort of the... 50s, you know, when you have sort of like Happy Days, mm. movie Happy Days, yeah. you have um, a great, you, you know, I say if like if, if you're not from that era, uh, maybe it's time to f- find another place, another, you know, part of the, you can move to places like New York or LA or where, you know, where there's more of a toler- tolerance for those kinds of people who have come in recently from wherever. Now, I'm not, you know, I have great respect and love for different cultures. Some cultures don't mesh. <laughs> You know, let's be honest. Um, so ultimately, uh, your but if your dad was like a greaser, you know, <laughs> uh, or a, a guy uh, who loved Bill Haley and the Comets, you know, if you've ever if you've ever shared a malt. If your grandparents shared a malt together, right, exactly, two straws, right. You if know. you have generational memories of sock hops, right, Dri- drive-ins and uh, and even the drive-ins. Where, what's the drive-in where you get you get your food on a tray at your car? Which we don't see anymore, which is yeah. Sad. We should bring that back. You know? That was cool. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so, like, yeah, you, you entered this process as an outsider. It was, you know, ultimately unsuccessful, but I think a moral victory uh, for you. Like, what, what are some of the things, like, you know, for our listeners who want to, are into, you know, activism, mm-hmm. organizing, letter writing, things of that nature. What did you learn, like, on the ground running this campaign about, you know, reaching out to the community and organizing people for a political movement? Well, um, you know, people have... have uh very little interest in who their DA is. I was surprised when I told them I was running. They didn't know who was the DA. They didn't know there was an election coming. Um, so I don't, you know, I think I think more people should be running for office. I think everybody should eventually, you know, almost like they have the draft uh, or, or the conscript, conscript, conscription, <laughs> conscription uh, in places like Jerusalem. Um you might want to look into, you know, all men of a certain age have to serve in government at some point. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna end the uh, <laughs> the interview about the movie itself. But okay. uh, Tim, uh, no, the, oh, you it, want me to transition in, now? in the universe <laughs> outside of the movie? In the, in yeah. the Tim that uh, exists uh, outside of the movie? Yeah. Um, Generally, they're like the. Thank the, you for. Let me just change my voice. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Black Lodge Tim Heidecker. Radical. <laughs> uh, the, the Tim Heidecker in, in the movie and in the uh, on cinema extended universe, but uh, especially in this movie and the uh, the campaign it portrays, mm-hmm. uh, is portraying kind of an allegory for for Donald Trump. He's, he's an outsider who's taking on political elites. Yeah. But doing it in um, an incredibly idiotic way. But, yeah. Except he's successful. Again, an alle- allegory for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, that's the difference. And, uh, you know, when we were making it, I don't think we were that consciously aware of this. But now that people are starting to see it, there is a reaction to it that's like, well, it's kind of comforting and nice to see somebody this, this you know, deranged and stupid and incompetent losing and failing <laughs> throughout the movie and not actually succeeding. Of course, there's a version of the movie where, you know, you see this guy ascend. and But we're lit, we already have that right now. And so this is sort of like maybe a salve for people to, to, <laughs> to uh, see, oh, yeah, that's how it should be. That's how this person should be treated. <laughs> when you were... Uh... We were doing like the uh, the, the 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 fake can- campaign for this uh, this um, political campaign and like uh, tweeting about it. Uh, one of the things that I find fascinating is when you start to impersonate Trump, it really does take over your brain, and then mm-hmm. you don't know oh, God, whether yes. you're doing it oh, yeah. on purpose or not. Right, right. You just start talking and thinking like him. Yeah, and you just say things like very bad, a total yeah. disgrace. Right, you know, it's like yeah. how is that process for you? Like you know, opening up your mind. To it that has kind of... definitely affected my <laughs> speech patterns, you know, and and even in my real life, it's kind of affected it. But yeah, you do that thing, and we all know what he does. And it, I mean, I never try to do an impression of him, but there is that sort of uh, the repeating of the thing, which is sort of like a stalling technique to. Um, wait for another thought to come in the head you know it's like i'm glad you guys are here because you you know you guys are here and i'm glad you're here and it's really great you're here because Just waiting for know, another uh, another no. uh, bingo ball to drop into the <laughs> yeah, shoot yeah. was it and, uh and no, it is good you're here <laughs> was it he said about ammunition was it today or the other day he, this is the second time oh, he said no this ammunition. he said this on a, on a thing a few weeks ago and i was saying again that at some point during one of his conflicts he won't say what the generals came to him and said, "And one of the top generals, one of maybe the, top, the tippy top, one of the top, one of the central casting beautiful generals yeah, yeah, that we love, the gorgeous yeah. man, the hunks, yeah, yeah. the hunk generals, yeah. come to him and said, 
Mr. President, we can't do that. We're out of ammunition. Yeah. We don't have any more bullets. We're done. We can't. We have That's to wait. That's not something we want to project out to, the, to our enemies. But it? the thing is, he <laughs> said that happened at the time, and now he didn't say anything then, but now he can say it because now we have plenty of bullets. Right. And the, of they, course. And that's never going to happen again, so the enemies <laughs> need to keep keep careful because we've got the bullets back. Yeah, yeah. We've got all the bullets. My hand is already doing it. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm not even trying to do it in my hand. Like signing on my name while I'm talking, yeah. I've now just, that just happens as soon as I start thinking. Well, all the, man, all the uh, armament manufacturers suddenly just got back to work. Yeah, they were all they snoozing until he called them up and I said, I wonder if there's any like uh, enemy intelligence that, that sussed that out. Like, you know, they come in. We've just got some amazing intel. The United States <laughs> is out of it. I mean, this is our chance. We just get Invasion USA. Yeah. I thank God that... Uh, like the the, arm, the soldiers are just shooting. There's a... <laughs> no, shit, there's nothing here. The hell's the guns? Just yell bang and scare yeah. them off. But like, um, you know, like on, on on the show on cinema in the movie, like when when, when you see, uh, you know, Tim, when, mm-hmm. when you get under, uh, you get further and further in to whatever maniacal scheme, scheme or disaster yeah, yeah, yeah. or like, you know, murder or right. accidental death right. uh, that's going on. And the pressure keeps getting ratcheted up, but then always you find some way to avoid responsibility for it. Right. And that is, uh, again, very much mirrored. I, I mean, we'll see what, what's happening now with impeachment, but yeah. he seems to be reacting I'm in sure a very similar way. Yeah, I'm sure it'll all be fine. I'm sure <laughs> it'll just skate over another uh, incident. He, he does. Say, I mean, they do a really good job. Don't you think of yeah. like making it just like you can imagine your your person that doesn't really pay that close attention to this stuff just being like oh I don't know he maybe he maybe he's right I you know like they just get sort of like maybe the whole thing is corrupt uh, but I don't it's he makes it he obfuscates it so well but maybe he's getting bad maybe he's it's getting exhausting I don't know running out of he's like he's running out of moves. A perpetual problem of like you know how to uh, comedically deal with 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 a figure like Trump. Yeah. Like you know you're doing this movie that that comes at it sort of obliquely, but uh, facing some challenges in terms of uh, people getting it. For sure. <laughs> I mean, this happens, and it really, you know, not to get Mark Maron on you here. <laughs> Please do. But I, it does get. It's we take it really personally, and it's crazy that we do because at the same time we're also doing something so us and so for us and only for us but this movie is weird because the very quick the the short story is you know we made this thing without thinking about it getting a theatrical release we kind of just shot it for on cinema um it we were so excited by it and like just couldn't believe that we actually kind of accidentally made a movie um that we were encouraged by our friends to be like you should try to put this out like maybe somebody wants to distribute this you know, and then we it happened, and Magnolia said, "We think this is hilarious." Okay, cool. It's going to come out as a movie because almost just because I want to watch it with an audience, I want like this on cinema fandom or fan whatever family <laughs> the on to cinema fandom fan to watch it, <laughs> yeah, the one fan. But you know, it it <laughs> also felt Greg, like oh, right? this this isn't just for our fan. Like this feels a little like a good, you know, it's got like a dark comedy. I don't know. We just thought it was good. <laughs> we made it was we're proud of it you know and pre, pre, people that that we like you know liked it whatever and then it comes out and you have there's still this this happened with our other stuff everything we try to put out on a l- larger level there's still this old guard of you know movie critics who we've been making fun of for 10 years <laughs> we stick our head up out of the you know mole hole mole hole <laughs> mole hole and, and drive mole hole and drive and they go 
Uh, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. This is a disaster. Uh, not one laugh. Or like, like somebody yeah. said, the LA Times said, laugh free. This laugh, tedious put laugh the, Put that free. on the Blu-ray. Loser really Tim Heidecker fails again at making a movie. Yeah. Bye-bye, honey. Yeah, no joke. Like, come on, really? <laughs> like, I can understand it not being everyone's cup of tea or it being a little dry or whatever. But I look at it, I go, well, I see a lot of jokes in this thing. Like, like more than a fucking comedy that I've ever like seen in the past four years that comes out that doesn't make. But that's. But I could write a review for what's a comedy that's come out. Anybody? Can they even make them anymore? I don't. Well, Todd Phillips says you can't. Yeah. But what's a good example of like a movie that came out that's funny? Stuber. Stuber. Right. Stuber. Thank you. Do you think uh, my guess is I wouldn't have smiled during Stuber? (laughs) Right, I didn't like, see Stuber due but, to that assumption on my part. That right, I would not you know to it. stay away, and so I just don't know why. And I don't want to pick on Stuber, but I am. But <laughs> I don't, I don't. You know, if I was writing reviews, maybe that's a review I would just wouldn't write. Uh-huh. Right, like oh, I can see right away this isn't for me. Yeah. So I'm. What, what do I? What does it matter what I think uh-huh. about it? It's just like it's like part of the difficulty is that you know, like you say. <laughs> You're doing like the movie really is just like an extended extension of on cinema. Mm-hmm. And if you watch that show, like just come in at any point. Right. It's hard to get. But then if you if you followed the extended on cinema cinematic universe, the the jokes and plot lines that you have done over, I guess now 11 right. seasons of that, like the payoff on them takes so long to get to. Right. But is uh, incredible. Like the like the the, the the mythology that you and Greg have right. created based on what is incredibly hokey and simple idea of this yeah. like bad cable access but, movie review show but i would i would make the case that you could wa- you could watch this movie without seeing any of that and still identify like core comedic concepts going on yeah like they're, they're not that it's not that complicated i think it's like a new, an idiot is running for office and does stupid shit <laughs> and he's got a lunatic friend who won't leave him alone you know the the campaign slogan is uh uh we have a rat problem meaning the da and then you get a bunch of actual restaurants to put the sign up in their window and it just says we have a rat problem and then underneath (laughs) it very small it says tim heidecker for da but listen to this like because again we i i mean this is this seems like the perfect venue to rant about about yeah get dennis miller on it uh yeah But just from this, I posted this this thing in the wrap. Where is the article? I wonder if she took it out. Holy shit. What if she took it out? Down the memory hole. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's been scrubbed from the web. Um, there, farm. She talks about this, uh, this... Oh, my God. They took it out. Well, I don't care. I'm going to read it anyways. <laughs> um, for the record... The internet is forever. Book, well, I screen-capped it. Yeah. I, sent, <laughs> I sent it to everybody I know. They can't can you stop believe us this shit? That yet. Um... I mean, they edited this out because I complained about it online. Um, but the narrative comes just three years after the Orlando club shooting that oh, resulted God. in 49 deaths and 2017's Fire Festival debacle Are you that scammed numerous me? attendees out of thousands of dollars. Two major event crimes that were obviously no laughing matter. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Heidecker and Notornicola have decided that kind of fair o- open season for comedy writing. So, yeah, I you- said, what, what? What's this now? You're you're equating the Orlando <laughs> shooting, which is horrifying and horrible and still upsetting to think about, and Fire Festival, which is everyone agrees is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I've 
you know, our movie has nothing to do with the Pulse nightclub shooting in but any way. But those Instagrammers got so sunburned. Too. Yeah. But anyway, so now I was, I was trying to find this for you guys, and at the end it says, for the record, a previous version of this story <laughs> referencing the Pulse nightclub shooting in Fire Festival has been removed. <laughs> what else can I complain about to get removed? Cancel you know culture I mean? strikes You just again. said it was laugh-free. Uh, can, would you go to a lie detector test? <laughs> would you take a lie detector test about that? If so, remove. I mean, you just, you can't, jokes aren't good anymore. You can't tell. I mean, I know it's like a sort of a lame thing to say, but um, is humor dead? Can one... Do jokes no, anymore, I think Tim? you can. I mean, I, we we we, lo- we cry laughing at our own shit. You know, like we love it. We're right making new stuff, and it, it you know, it's corny, but it's like the f- mo- and maybe you guys feel this way too. The most doing this, like what you guys are doing now, is so is is, is so rewarding and fun, and feels effortless a lot of the time. And it just it's like when you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's great. Yeah, but then. You have to put things out. Yes. And that part of it is exhausting, terrifying, anxiety-ridden. And even somebody like me who's been doing it for 15 years never gets easier or better. And, you know, I've done things that have gotten good reviews. and I've done, But, you know, it's, I, I got to, for my own self-care, I have to remove myself from <laughs> caring about it. But it seems impossible because it does connect to how well something can do or how popular something can be, which only gives you more opportunity to do it on a bigger level. You know what I mean? So it's not just like my pride or my ego or anything, but it's like, you know, hey, you fucking woman who's comparing my thing to the Pulse nightclub shooting, (laughs) as funny and as sick and as crazy as that is, it does have like a direct correlation to if I can keep doing this down the road. You know what I mean? Because it adds up to being like, you know what? people look at a review or they look at a rotten tomatoes thing and go like, well, I'll wait for that or I won't see that or something. So it's, it's kind of something that, you know, it's, it's maybe not exciting to hear about me bitch about, but (laughs) But I'm just being honest with you. Even taking seriously, you know, the idea of the uh, electric sun 19, like a real thing like that, that would be horrible, but it's not though. It's that didn't happen. There have been zero deaths (laughs) conclusively linked to vaping. (laughs) This is all an invention of the media. If you ask actual scientists and I know many, many scientists, they're very, very smart people. They all agree. That vaping is 100% safe. It's and wonderful good for you. For you. And good for you. But, and there's a lot of fun flavors. Well, yes. I mean, it's you guys get it, but it's like, it's not funny that even in fictitiously that 19 kids died at a music festival. <laughs> That's not what's funny. The funny thing is that how my character reacts to that and deals yeah. with that and how it affects the show and, you know, what what kind of slime ball I am to kind of you know, apolo- like not apologize for it, but sort of well, that's know, justifies problem, way that's out That's what of makes it. people anxious, I think, is because you are playing a bad guy. Right. And that's everyone, because I think this has a lot to do with Trump. We talked about this on the last episode we mm-hmm. did with the, joke, the dang Joker. People are so freaked out by the reality of Trump. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do about it. And they've, like, because most people only really interact with politics through entertainment, right? They've determined. Well, what's wrong is the depiction of bad people makes right. people like like them and do bad things. Right. Like we're back to Hayes Code morality, right? And so when they see a guy acting like a Trumpish oaf, they're like, "Oh God, no!" Someone's, yeah. Oh, everyone's going right. to think that this is okay, right? Well, there still is this like you know mainstream under like uh, you know if it's the Variety or News, one of these bigger bigger publications where. 
they still like believe that the Colbert, Trevor Noah, um, Bill Maher, you know, didactic, yeah, um, going through what's what's bad about the world and sort of wagging yeah, their yeah. fingers at it is what amounts to you know political. It's satire. amazing because that shit's been around for a long time now, and it has conclusively done nothing. Yeah, and yet people right. are like, you it know makes what? People feel good for like a, about a minute, and there's 500 of them already, and yet right. people are like, if there was 501, right, that would tip a the new scale. voice. A new voice came on to say the same jokes, right. That the rest of them do, but also like you know uh, whether it's acknowledging that, you know the terrible things that, that do happen in the world or the terrible people in them, i.e. Donald Trump or any mm-hmm. of the things he, he's doing, we should be able to deal with the fact that Donald Trump as a personality and a phenomenon as president is hilarious for sure. It is hysterical. It's awful, right? But like it, you can intellectually process that oh on like a, a number of different levels, right? Yeah, you have to laugh at I and my infinite wi- or my uh, unparalleled <laughs> wisdom or whatever it was he said the other day. Yeah. I mean, um, to, again, talking about something that's super fucked up, which is the potential genocide of Kurds right. in you know northern Syria, right? And, uh, elsewhere, yeah, you have to laugh. I mean, it's gallows humor. It's like cl- yeah. it's like a classic kind of comedy. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I think that's that, that tension is makes people anxious. Right, they can't resolve it. Yeah, and maybe there's not an appetite for that right now. In a, on a larger scale, I get that. But like, you know, Doctor Strangelove came out during the height of the Cold War when a lot of people thought they were about to get nuked for real yeah and that's that was a very successful movie because maybe it and you know critically and it was a very popular movie um it gave kubrick a like license to make 2001 because the studio was basically like do whatever you want you know and but if you look at uh, strange love i call it strange love (laughs) (laughs) you look at strange love um, what stan was trying to do um you know it's a it's a dark very depressing satirical look at the the state of the world at that moment. It gave him uh, a license to do 2001 and it also gave the deep state a license to kill <laughs> him <laughs> later in life. <laughs> they got him on the list. But believe me, everyone's going to go Heidecker compares Mr. America to Dr. Strangelove, you know. <laughs> the lying yeah. press. Yeah. The fake news media yeah. at it again. Yeah. Yeah, here's another uh funny not funny story that uh we've been uh, keeping up on i'm just wondering you know can i get the hollywood take on mm. uh jeffrey epstein what's up with that well jeffrey he was a friend of mine sure. <laughs> um, oh my god i was just reading this new york post story today about this billy joel giving away tickets it was a story i don't remember the details you could look it up but it was like billy joel is giving away all these tickets for his 100 his 101st show at madison square garden and the guy who's, who they interviewed, one of the guys got it, is named De- Dr. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I was like, oh, he lived, uh, but he's this, the new sentence he's been given is to go to this Billy Joel concert. <laughs> he gonna, used to go to all the Billy Joel concerts. Man, he's going to actually kill himself soon enough. Yeah, for, there you go. Uh, you may be right. <laughs> A friend just, we were talking about Billy Joel, and he was saying how like all Billy Joel's songs are basically him kind of chastising people and yelling like pointing fingers at people you know yeah they're very judgmental i don't care what you say anymore this is my life yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, like but if that's Jeff- if that's what you call moving up yeah you know, good luck <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm moving moving up. Up. you know people always accusing him of starting the fire right. or you know, don't yeah, go yeah, changing yeah, yeah, yeah. don't go changing to try yeah. to save me um what do i think of the jeffrey epstein thing oh i mean what you know it's deranged insanity i can't believe it i can't believe uh i don't know that the whole thing just feels like we're just living inside a bad uh what's his name 
guy that wrote the Born Conspiracy books. Ludlum. Uh, Ludlum. Charles Ludlum book or something. Or I don't know. I don't but know I mean, like, any of it. is it, you know, is it is it more disturbing, you know, having uh, known the guy, been on his jet, and hung out and take, took in vacations with him? Me? <laughs> right. No. Did I, did no. I misread that? Uh, I didn't know the guy. No, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean we we went we were at the same party a couple times. <laughs> parody, parody. Well, I was just yeah. wondering, you know, yeah, it, when you go to the Hollywood parties, right? I mean, you, not with Epstein, that's stipulated. Right, <laughs> Let the court records yeah. show. But you ever, you know, stumble across like a statue of I don't know Moloch or something <laughs> right, on right. some producer's property? See somebody? I'm in not Rome? on that. I'm not on that email invite list. <laughs> I don't. Get, I don't go. I'm in Glendale. I I go to bed at ten o'clock. I put my kids to bed. I went to go see Vampire Weekend at the Hollywood Bowl, um, and because I know the lead singer, and I have very good seats. It was very exciting. But the after parties, like five guys I know uh, from comedy and people that I've worked with on various things, like I don't know, I don't, I don't go to these. No Moloch. no Moloch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just bragging. We know, about we know Ezra. <laughs> Lou, Lou, uh, Lou Adler was right. Was sitting behind me. At the show. <laughs> Hello, that's big. I was impressed with Lou Adler because you know who I'm talking about, Lou Adler. I don't know. Wait, who's that? Lou Adler. He's the guy. You'll know him right away when I say this. He's the guy that sits next to Jack Nicholson at every oh, oh, yeah. okay. white beard. Yeah. Yes. He's like a legend. He he produced the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, right. His he produced kid like was Rocky like Horror Picture or something. Show. Yeah. He, he's he's like a like one of the great Hollywood uh Ike uh you know Maverick icon, whatever, like sixties yeah. created Producer culture. Guy. I saw him at the Vampire Weekend show at at the Hollywood Bowl. The next night I'm watching the Dodgers. He's at the Dodgers game the next night, right behind home plate. This guy's 86 years old. <laughs> he went out to the Hollywood Bowl and then to Dodger Stadium two nights in a row. Adrenochrome. A, what it's a, I mean, can you, I, can't, I couldn't muster that. Allegedly, adrenochrome really helps you with the stamina <laughs> in your later age. Allegedly, I've heard that. Also, if you produce the Mamas and the Papas, he probably knew Charles Manson personally. He probably, or even worse, uh, John Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely knew John Phillips. <laughs> All right, should we... Uh... Should, should I do this reading series? Yeah. Yeah, let's right. do it. So, uh, Thank you for uh, in, uh, tolerating my, my complaining. Hey, there's nothing we feel when we're together, there's nothing we talk about more than the fucking haters and how we're sick of them. Yeah. It's, it's but also, I mean, like, we, we, if we ever got any negative press or criticism uh, at all, we'll drop you a line. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have something to say about that. Well, I just, like, just to cap it, like, I feel like we're over here doing our own little thing. Like, we're not bothering anybody can you just let us have our little fun and like just just for the for them to come out and just this Look, is tedious and how dare they it's like you can pick on like the big boys a little bit but we're just you know let's say we just don't review it stop doing nightclub shootings and we'll talk yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, uh tim this is a this is an article that came out uh this is an op-ed in the uh, the new york times from like a, a week or so ago and uh you know it's got, got a lot of a lot, of, a lot of blood of burn on the internet when it came mm-hmm. out. This is, uh, you know, David Brooks is one of our friend of the show, uh, one of our, you know, from Brooks Brothers. From yeah, the Brooks Brothers. He is one of our boys. Yeah, he's one of our boys. He's one of the Brooks Brothers. Albert Brooks's brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh, he wrote an opinion column for the Times called uh, "Why Trump Voters Stick with Him." Okay. An imagined conversation with flyover man. <laughs> right. Okay. A bad start. Yeah. So the entire thing is a a dialogue. That he is sort of a, a Socratic dialogue, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. He has imagined a dialogue of between uh, a character called Urban Guy, 
and a character called Flyover Man that are sort of stands in stand-ins for you know urban guys, the sort of blue state, uh, people, someone who follows the news, uh, is very concerned about our democracy and Donald Trump. Right. And Flyover Man is is the Trump voter who is going to explain to this person, you know, why these people stick with Donald Trump despite right. all of his his numerous, um, I don't know, uh, yeah, crimes, s- crimes. And, How much you know, time would it have taken and- for him to like just come up with names for these two people, <laughs> regular names? That would confuse the audience. They, <laughs> would, they would forget which one was which. Okay. So it's just flyover man, and I realize I, I, I almost, love what you tweeted though. The flyover man, flyover man, <laughs> man loves urban man. I realize that's basically like 21st century politics. Yeah. flyover man hates urban man. Yeah. they have a fight. Uh, flyover wins. That's where we are. Where Meanwhile, we are. both of them are right now standing in line together at Starbucks at some airport in O'Hare or something yes. like that. No, everyone has the same experience. Yeah, exactly. American experience is pretty fucking uniform. God. There's this fucking like the, lines at airport fancy. fooderies is blowing my mind this week. Were you at O'Hare this this week? No, I was at in Vancouver and then okay. in Newark, and there was a line oh, at the Newark go. airport that I was it could had to have been you know like a city block to go to some at some shitty f- food place. Was the like, place you saw in O'Hare was like uh, Burger Citizen or something? Burger Citizen? Yeah, Burger Citizen. <laughs> and you know what they have at Newark now are literal porta potties in the terminal. <laughs> like they're they're like it's called like extra bathrooms or something, but they're like in a box that are just out in the open. Like Tim, I'm, pre- I, I, I I'm pretty sure are, those, those are the breastfeeding. Those are breastfeeding. Yeah, those are, are breastfeeding. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, should should be doing I know what you're talking you about. <laughs> no, should these be doing are new. That in there, dude. These are new. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was looking for this one, uh, Tim. You could you could help um, embody the character of a flyover man. Flyover man, flyover man. And you can hear, I, I've, I've pulled up my phone. I, I will play the part of uh, Urban Guy. Okay, it's this is about, a cold read, so it, it's that's going to be tough it's for a, you. It's a big stretch for me, the Urban Guy <laughs> character. So uh, let's begin here. with uh, Urban Guy uh, begins this dialogue by saying... So I, we're talking to each other? Yeah, we're talking to each other. What's the context? Like we're just in line at Starbucks at O'Hare <laughs> yeah, Airport? We're, we're, okay. we're at I the like, Newark Airport. Okay. We're waiting online to go into the, the breastfeeding pod <laughs> yeah. to jack each other off right. or, you know, yeah, just yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, all come right. together as Americans. I like to think they're both in the afterlife awaiting eternal judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is, this is David Brooks's imagined dialogue between uh, what he imagines as his reader in the New York Times, the urban person. Urban guy. And, and the people that they don't get or disdain or like what this he's cueing that, feel, filling them in on what they need to know about you know the people who are sticking by Trump. About fire from right. Yeah. So okay, I'm um, just begin here. I hope you, you got to get ner- get like. Uh, yeah. no, <laughs> I, uh, I I hope you read the rough transcript of that Trump phone call with the Ukrainian president. Trump clearly used public power to ask a foreign leader to dig up dirt on his political opponent. I'm sorry. Am I am I literally talking to Chris Hayes, or is, <laughs> <laughs> or is this just a? I won't try to do the Urban most. guy was the other I'm name just, for I, all in with Chris Hayes. I'm using my actual voice because I am an actual cosmopolitan. Urban yeah, there you so go. So uh, Trump clearly, and you're not an actor. So <laughs> even better. Boom. <laughs> Trump clearly used public power to ask a foreign leader to dig up dirt on his political opponent. This is impeachable. I don't see how you can deny the facts in front of your face. Uh, I haven't really had time to look into it. There's always some fight between Trump and the East Coast media. I guess I just try to stay focused on the big picture. Big picture is this. We knew this guy was a snake when we signed up, but he was the only, he was the only one who saw us. He was the only one who saw that the America we love is being transformed in front of our eyes. Good jobs for hardworking people were gone. Our communities in tatters, our kids in trouble. I had one shot at change, so I made a deal with the devil, and you'd have made it too. 
Nothing in this impeachment mess makes me rethink this bargain. If people like you are unable to acknowledge my dignity and see my problems, hey, I'll stay with Trump. I, I, I like uh, the, the, the opening gambit of the Flyover Man's uh, dialogue here is that I just want to be seen. You Acknowledge know, I, I, I need, me. I need to feel I need seen. to be validated. Nobody wants to be seen. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Representation is very important. So uh, the big picture, the big picture is the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> it's no man is above the law. We can't live in a country in which our leaders flagrantly commit high crimes and nothing happens. Uh, are you going to order something? i get it all right he said some stupid crap on a phone call but are you gonna undo my vote for that i wouldn't even rank this among the top 25 worst things he's done and i'm a supporter of his (laughs) listen people don't think that do you remember those months just (laughs) you remember they don't think they're bad things hey do you remember those months just after the election when people like you were briefly curious about people like me You sent your reporters out on wild safaris into the hinterlands to interview Trump voters. You read Hillbilly Elegy back when it was fashionable to say Trump is just a symptom of a real problem in America. He's the wrong answer to the right question. It didn't take you long to lose interest in all that. Now we're just a block of concrete you call his base. Now all you you care about is Trump, not his supporters or the issues driving us. Your whole media is is (laughs) Trump-o-centric. Uh, Ron so wait, so, Trumpocentric is so, one of the best things you can get. So on the in, in Brooks's TV. mind, what we need to do is go back to reading Hillbilly Elegy and pretending to give a shit about yeah, Middle yes. America. <laughs> right. yeah. We yes. need we need more of the bullshit safari. We need, we need, Selena we need more uh, condescension, which yeah. was also bad, but in a different way, I guess. But yeah, you know, like uh, he 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 is right though that the, the average David Brooks reader did go through a phase where they all read and loved that yes. shitty book Hillbilly <laughs> yes, Elegy and yes. thought they understood it. Right. Yeah. But clearly, that wasn't good enough. So, uh, okay, you say uh, the whole media is Trumpocentric. Well, we became Trumpocentric because his daily outrages undermine norms, spread xenophobia, degrade public morality. You think that because you have the kind of jobs that allow you to follow Twitter all day. Ooh, that's a good point. I don't have that luxury. So, all that passing nonsense seems far away. I have to deal with the actual realities of life. One, mass immigration is changing my town, region, and state. (laughs) Normal thing to say. (laughs) Not only my town, but my region and state. Think of the region. (laughs) If you don't care for the city, please think of the region. You know where the town limit is? We're talking beyond that. I'm talking the region. The greater metropolitan area. Two, the cultural liberalism you preach but don't practice is leading to the breakdown of families up and down my block. To the left and to the right. <laughs> Children out of wedlock. Young men with no dad when, they, when they're young and no wife in their life when they're grown. <laughs> no young men with no dad when they're young. No, young men with no dad when they're young and no wife in their life when they're grown. <laughs> young man with no dad when they're young. No wife in their life when they're grown. <laughs> Third, an Ivy League elite running government and the economy for itself and shutting out those of us who actually make things with our hands. He does not make anything with his hand. No. I care fucking to you. Fourth, China is replacing us. <laughs> um, what, I, what I love about that section is uh, when he said, uh, point number two, he says, the cultural liberalism you preach but don't practice is leading to the breakdown of families up and down my block. That line about how... Uh, 
liberals uh, practice but don't preach family values is something that like you know the heritage foundation has been it's a mm-hmm. line they've been trying to sell for like i don't know 10 20 years now and ju- it just so right. imagine just so happens that the trump voters david brooks talked to like also uh, said that exact right. phrase what I w- i've always wondered about that is what does that actually imply because what they mean is that like uh liberal blue state family models like there's a lower rate of divorce and like they tend to yeah. You know, like delay marriage and like uh, yeah. delay marriage and child rearing till later in life. Right. But, you know, they don't preach it because they uh, have social liberalism that like leads to family breakdown. So practicing what you preach in, 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 in this conception for like liberal blue state people would be you doing know, Zans, being just, offset yeah, Zans. Just doing orgies. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. having kids. Having underage. Uh, no, having uh, out of wedlock children, leaving uh, your kids. Being Jeffrey Epstein. Doing all right. that shit. Well, that's the thing is that he's like, how does that work? We, we, don't, we don't practice this stuff, but we preach it to you, what, to undermine your family for some weird r- <laughs> r- r- ritual occult reason? Well, or when you're poor, it's harder to ab- ab- adhere to bourgeois values because they're the values of the bourgeois because one of the things about the bourgeois is they have fucking money. Right. So they emanate from that stability. If but, you don't have that stability, by definition, you can't fucking uphold bourgeois values. It has nothing to do with brainwashing from the fucking urban elites. Right. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe this isn't the same point, but, or, which would be good if it wasn't because that would be redundant to make the <laughs> same point. But I think about like Los Feliz in in Cali, where I I don't live there. I used to live in Los Feliz, but the most liberal, yeah, elite-y kind of. It's not rich at all. It's not like a Beverly Hills or anything, but it's sort of just like there's a lot of there's it's a lot of, it's a diverse, fairly diverse, but mostly you know liberal little part of Los Angeles, and it's super high functioning in terms of just like a nice place to live, where everything seems to work, and you, you know there's not a lot of crime or the people are very friendly to each other it's very functional like you'd want to live like anybody from flyover man would feel very comfortable living there but it's full of gay people with that are raising kids and full of you know alternative lifestyle type people but it just feels like you could look at that community there and say well that's working pretty well but it is they do have money they have more money than yeah that's what makes it that's what makes Sokol choke Right. Social cohesion possible. Right. Yeah. It's people not being stability. on the nice side. It's having stability. Right. Exactly. No, but I just like, yeah, I like the idea that there's some, there's some hidden hypocrisy here. Yeah. So um, uh, my, my retort to you about China, okay, China is replacing us. And I, I, my retort here is uh, I'm happy to talk about these big problems. Yeah, like hell you are. <laughs> the media fixates on scandals because they're easier to talk about than complex issues like why urban and rural America are drifting further apart. You wasted billions of hours speculating about the Mueller report, and now news about Adam Schiff overshadows everything else while my world burns. Let's face it, bashing Trump is the media's business model. That's what drives eyeballs and profit. Does Urban Guy work in the media? (laughs) This is like yelling at the TV. (laughs) Well, Also, uh, Flyover Man began this by saying, or like one of his second uh, comebacks was like, look, I don't have one of these jobs that allows me to check Twitter all day. Right. I do have one of the jobs that allows me to watch television <laughs> yeah. all day <laughs> and know about Adam Schiff yeah, and yeah. the Mueller report yeah. and right. how the and I actually give a kind of astute media analysis <laughs> yeah. about right. uh, the economic incentives driving a, the, the news model and well, uh, you know yeah and also what's so fraudulent about this is in a time when you have so many options for how you receive information and consume like yeah if you just were a person that put on cnn every night it would seem super hyper focused on a very narrow issue which is which it is every night it's those dopes cuomo <laughs> and don lemon who are like insufferable <laughs> fools like talking about the micro you know the micro uh, scandals uh 
you know, there's room for that for sure. But this guy, if he's interested in all, you know, you can, there's so many different ways to, to learn about what's going on. The only way to make the a way that I think would really help people make sense of a lot of the stuff and avoid a lot of the confusion that's in this piece is if people who watched a lot of TV, a lot of cable news yeah. at, at home, like not people who watched it at an airport or, mm-hmm. you know, waiting at the doctor's office, people who sat down and watched it. They should be treated like a weird subculture, like furries right. or something. Right, right. Like they're weirdos, and they're, they're they're not. There's not a lot of them, right? No, there's the, not that many. The ratings. That's like those programs out of a country of three hundred some million people. Views. Like the best ones, Fox, and you're still topping out like in the one or two million viewers right, for one of these right. shows. No, you combine the rest of them; it's not that much more than that. Right. It's a bunch. It's a small group of freaks. Right. They, and like the idea that that in discourse right. is is in any way reflective of any greater trends right. is crazy. It's but it Brooks is, is in that small. He group is, of, freaks, of course. So yes, that's all he's reacting. He's in those fucking green rooms, just eating right. like the little little Bischoff fucking uh, cookies you get in the <laughs> airport. Yeah, airplane all day. Yeah, they have chips in there too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Urban guys reply here. Uh, we can't have a productive conversation with Trump around. He lies with abandons. He slanders and insults. He pollutes water near. He pollutes the water near and far. Uh, he's the bad guy from Captain Planet. <laughs> he's that Fern Gully smog monster. Well, we can't have pro- productive conversations if every time I open my mouth, you call me a bigot. You may not realize this, but you have Trump supporters around you all the time. It's just that we've learned to keep our mouths shut in your presence. <laughs> The crushing climate of blue, the crushing climate of blue cultural privilege is too strangulating. <laughs> it's too strangulating. Uh, oh yeah, no. That, uh, I jack off while being strangulated by blue cultural privilege. <laughs> That's that hypocrisy we're talking about. Yeah. In practice, don't preach it. Yeah, again, like the the idea here. Uh, yeah, the, 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 uh, first of all, uh, urban guy is not called Flyover Man a bigot yet, uh, but he's going with that. And he's saying, like, you know, you have Trump supporters around you all the time. And we've just learned to, like, you know, be quiet. It's has an eerie echo with, like, they're trying to make being a Trump voter, like, what being gay was like in the 1950s oh, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, like, if you're among your boys and you're Can't doing jokes about, about, you know, like, you never know. One of them might right. just be a Trump voter. Yeah. I read it. Um, I read it a slightly different way. I, I think it's a veiled threat to say, you know, walking among you, even in your oh, liberal right. enclaves are Trump supporters. Uh, you never know one day we're all going to put on the MAGA hat at once and stab you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet relief. Okay, I get it. You're not the first person to spin the right-wing victim narrow, narrative in front of me. <laughs> My freaking wife does that all the time. Uh, okay, you're not the first person to spin the right-wing victim narrow, narrative in front of me. Why don't we focus on impeachment, on rule of law? Fine. Bottom line? I would be open to impeachment if you cared about my problems. I'd be open if all the if all these silent Republican dissenters in the Senate had given me some GOP alternative candidate who speaks our language and addresses our issues. I'd be open if there was a moderate Democratic Party that I thought deserved a shot. But I only see Democrats who make everything worse. Open the border, socialism, more power to Washington. You could have paid attention to the forces driving Trumpism, but you ignored us. So please... Don't ask us to sign up for our own obliteration or support your impeachment. This is about identity and pride. Here's a confession. I used to think Trump was a jerk. Now, after three years of battle, I see him as my captain. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves my loyalty, thick and thin. 
See you in hell, brother. <laughs> wow. I did not see that turn. Yeah, I know. Is, is that what he detonates his suicide vest? Yeah. <laughs> it's like right after that, it should have been like, uh, fly over, man, fly over, man, your, uh, your mocha latte yeah. and uh, yeah, bagel yeah. sandwich yeah, are ready. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your Cinnabon is, is all hot for you. <laughs> Boy, what a dark turn. It feels like he just got kind of ran out of steam on that one, yeah. right? Like, I got to wrap this up. I, this was this was fun. But <laughs> well, just, I was almost getting somewhere. He gets he's, all bitter and he's like, "Well, you were out partying. I was making America great again. Yeah. And now, when the flames are at your door, you come begging for my help." Uh, we, I mean, like, we we figured this out like in the, the the many many times we've read David Brooks on this show. Like we figured it out by this point. Like the, the way to understand every David Brooks column is that they're all about himself. Yes, right. They're like, like so. Flyover Man and Urban Guy are both David Brooks. This is like these these are forces inside himself that he's he's it's giving Smeagol and Gollum. Right. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah. I mean, when I I watch him almost every week on that on the PBS News Hour, him and the other guy. Uh, Brooks and uh, Mark Shields, yeah, Mark Shields, yeah. and I like I like watching those two guys, but he, he does seem totally uh, like painfully conflicted about his own perspective on the world. Yeah, like I like he feels shame, and like his yeah. his, his his columns are a, a way of coping with that shame and sort of displacing it mm-hmm. onto like I guess the urban half of him or mm-hmm. the the condescending part of himself. But the thing is, like, what's what's disingenuous about this is that he he says it like. Uh, this is based on you know interactions that I've had with Trump supporters in like Missouri, and it's like no, it's not. This no. is just interactions you've had with your friends right. who also support Donald. The Trump. The beauty right. of being a New York Times opinion guy is that you never have to talk to any other person your entire life, right? And still have opinions about what they think. It's great. Sure, yeah, he's not talking to anybody at the at the uh, car dealership <laughs> or at the as he one time said Applebee's salad bar, a thing that does not <laughs> exist. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. nice no, he said that during the Obama campaign. He said, "I don't think Obama would be someone comfortable at an Applebee's salad bar." Well, apparently, you wouldn't be. Either. Yeah, you'd be you'd be wandering around asking them for <laughs> it, the and they'd be like, bar? "It's yeah. back. It's out back, weirdo." But like the the, the the tells that this isn't has nothing to do with like the actual you know the people who show up and you know stand in ninety degree heat for hours to wear the hat and just see Donald Trump. Like the the article we did about the bikers for Trump, yeah, the people who just follow him around like the Grateful Dead, like a woman who drove from Connecticut <laughs> yeah. to see him in St. Louis because she's like, where else am I going to get the real news from? I right. have to hear it directly <laughs> right. from the president. Yeah, uh, The tells are, like Matt, you identified this early along, where he's just like, the Ukraine call? That's not even in the top 25 most awful things <laughs> you've ever done. And it's like that list, like they all think those things are good. Yeah, right. They don't think yeah. he's ever done anything wrong because, look, it makes the people they don't like mad. By definition, it was good. Up to well, and even, including like all of his like ludicrous infidelities. Yeah. Like open. Uh, That's right. cool. That's yeah, boss. Like, That's baller. He's a pimp. In the same to round this, in the same way that I would love to see sort of see my own work from the perspective of that woman who hated the movie so badly, just to experience that. Yeah. I would like to feel that for Trump to feel that yeah. feeling of being like, "Hey, man, you know, and nobody's perfect, but he's my guy, <laughs> you know." And I think he's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, like, imagine having that feeling about what you see. There, he's looking at you with it. No, I. You're right. I would like to like a like a sort of a being John Malkovich thing where I can yeah. experience yeah. for like a day. Right. They'll, like, eventually, they'll create these like empathy pills, and you yeah. can like go, "I'll take Trump supporter." And just what? Speaking of pills, what do you make of that story about the Sudafed? Did you guys see that? Oh, I did yeah, see that. Yeah. The, the, the UK Sudafed in his pot. In his it would drawer. explain a lot. But like, what I love about that story is that like, if it's true, it's so perfectly Trump because that is. 
the lamest upper right. addicted to. And once again, it's like he's president of the United States, most powerful man in the world, and he's doing incredibly hilariously low key piddling crimes all over the world. Like, hey, you guys want to stay in my hotel in fucking Zagreb? Yeah. So I could like free room. Yeah, like make another 1500 bucks. Same way. It's like this guy, even though he's certainly rich and connected enough, he'd get any drug, you know, the finest Bolivian flake cocaine. You get fucking like Chinese research chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll take the Sudafed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just just pop Sudafed while drinking Diet Coke. Yeah, no, I, I have, have a guy I who gets it for me. He, believe me, he's one of the greats. He just he gets he's like CVS. the hookup. His yeah. plug shows up with a fucking Dwayne Reed bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His plug shows up yeah. with one of those fucking receipts that are like yeah. uh, like the, the original <laughs> on the road manuscript. Just like, like go, Mister Trump. Uh, your receipts here. No, what are you doing with the receipt? Get it out of here. Burning the receipt. <laughs> Put it through the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> mix it up. Go to CVS next time. Guys. No, I mean like. It, 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 it is perfect because like he was the guy who was at like the height of you know New York City oh, yeah. wealth in like the nineteen eighties. In the eighties, baby. And instead of that like you know rainbow fish scale, he was just like more more cough medicine. I need it. Right. It keeps me up. Keeps well, me up to the, the deals. The, the the thing on him that like you know I think Robert De Niro said somewhere some like uh, at a party or or maybe it was Jack Nicholson. I think I heard this not in the press. Like somebody that heard this from Jack Nicholson was like in the eighties. Trump was like the guy that you kind of felt bad for because he was like so lame and like not cool not a fun hand oh no pathetic. he's kind of a clown you're like hey, he's here. look at who's here you know Ronald McDonald's here. no he's <laughs> the ultimate try hard yeah, yeah. yeah he was the kid who people hung out with because they had a pool right exactly yeah so yeah now he's got a hundred million rabid fans who would love to hang out with him would so love Kiss. to play beer pong with him yeah no, but like, yeah, don't don't talk to me about Ukraine. Don't talk to me about Sudafed. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I don't want to hear it. He's our guy. He's, right. he, he said he's my captain. He's my he's, captain. he's captain of the team. Hey, you know, go down with the ship. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tim Heidecker, I want to thank you so much for uh, talking to us. The Thanks movie for having me on, is, boys. Uh, Mister America. When when's that dropping? Well, when does this come out? Probably this midweek. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, it came out everywhere last night, <laughs> uh, but it'll be on uh, demand and on. Uh, it, it'll be playing in New York and L.A. for, for a little bit, and uh, we'll see. It'll be on, you can rent it on TV, as they do now. <laughs> Are you got the TiVo. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I can stop and I can go get a drink, come back, it's still there. But it's and not I, a TV wait, movie. It's boring, so I go bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, check out Mr. America and experience its you know dreary. If you can see it in the theater, charms. yeah, you can see it in the theater. Please, <laughs> please resist the urge that you will get to either uh, shoot up a nightclub, right, or scam a bunch of Instagrammers with a fake <laughs> Onto music an festival. <laughs> either just don't do either of yeah. those things. You're going to want to. After we you should see not the movie. be mocking those situations. No, absolutely not. <laughs> not funny. <laughs> Uh, Tim Heidecker, thanks again for hanging out with us. Thank thanks, you. guys. Bye. Cheers. I'm like an empty bottle of